This episode of Lucas Tigers and Browns is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. The Fraction Report is back. Luca Nation, welcome to the Fraction Report before opening bell brought to you by Collectible. Going to have an amazing episode here, so like, share, subscribe. Uh, you guys have been commenting a lot more recently. We appreciate that. Uh, first episode with the NFL season underway. We'll talk a little bit about how we both feel Mahomes' five touchdowns. It, it felt like a walkthrough in, uh, in kind of exhibition game for him, uh, how that's going to affect his prices. Cage will talk a little bit about liquidity. He was trying to trade this week. So a lot of good stuff. Anything top of mind, we did a whatnot show earlier today. Talked about fantasy and props. We did a whatnot uh, PWCC weekly auction show. Golden auctions ended last night. Uh, SCP auctions ended on Friday, so there were some sales there. Anything stick out to you? Anything catch your eye? Anything you want to start today's show off with, Gage? Other than uh, how much of a doofus your co-host is. No, 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 not at all. I mean, it's the fractional report. Brought to you by Collectible before the opening bell. I'll tell you what sticks out to me, guys. It is yet another week, and our portfolio has not changed. Um, and I really was expecting to come to you guys, um, you know, this week and say, hey, you know, I sold some stuff. Um, and, you know, would have been would have been nice to, you know, to say that. And unfortunately, it, it, it didn't happen. Um, not for lack of trying. Um and, you know, let's go through that. I did list some of our portfolio items for sale at not at bid price. You know, I don't want to take a, a bath on it, but at a, uh, you know, at, at an ask, right? Um, lower ask than what the asks were. Obviously, you know, trying to squeeze that bid mask spread. And I didn't do it Friday at like three o'clock. I did it earlier in the week on several of our items and not a single share sold. I'm sure if I would have dropped it down enough, I could have obtain some liquidity um you know while trading but i didn't um because i don't feel like just you know selling at a huge loss for no reason but let me you know let me explain um you know we've done this show now almost 60 times you know maybe mm -hmm. we might this might even you know what we're approaching 60 times doing the show and i'll tell you over the last month you guys could think of us as your test dummies you're welcome well after after depositing and actually you know trying to you know pay attention watching the bid and ask watching the spreads watching the liquidity or lack thereof you know i think i've learned more in the last you know four weeks than i did in the previous 50. um Lesson and, there for you guys you know, being a practitioner well, that definitely is. But more importantly, you know, we would come on here and I would tell you, hey, I know something to get into. And if you would have gotten in this last week because you saw the comps, blah, blah, there's something I wanted to get into. I definitely wanted to get into. Can you do me a favor and can you pull up the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant basket? All right. And, you know, if, if you can, that would be great. If not, you know, let's see if you can pull that up. Um, that would be that would be cool. Let's look at the chart on it. And basically what I'm out. talking about, guys, is the 1982 Wrestling All-Star set. Um, 
it is a cool uh, set, different color borders. The Hogan and the Andre that are in this basket are both BGS 9.5s, min gems. Um, they're both yellow borders. I believe they're both the highest graded. I don't think there are PSA 10s of either of these. I'm not 100% sure of that. I guess I, I, I could look that up also, pop-wise. Um, I know there was a Ric Flair 10. I owned a Ric Flair 10 at one point in time, but the price on these has just gone up tremendously. Um, and just so that everybody knows, um, just a little funny anecdote while Andrew's pulling this, you know, the Andre and the Hogan up, I paid $2,551 for my Ric Flair, uh, PSA 10, one of six on the popper pool, but I think there's only five because there was a problem with one of the slabs. Um, so I think there's only five actually PSA 10s. I sold it for more than twice what I paid to Gary V. Um, but it's worth significantly more than that now. I mean, a Flare 10, if a uh, Hogan is worth this, the Flare 10, I, I don't even know where it's worth. Probably 10 times what I sold it for. Um, so it, it's pretty crazy, you know, to see the price appreciation on these. I guess you can't pull it up. It's up, it's up, it's up. It's up. Okay. It, it takes a little bit to load right at the beginning. Oh, this is cool. They have a little Hulk versus Andre the Giant clip. Okay, here it is. Navigate. Give this us a is shot to share. I can't see. You can't see? No, currently not sharing. But it's okay. You, you know, it was sharing for a second, but now it's not. There we go. Boom. So there's the card, 82, all-star, really cool, you know, Hulk Hogan. Take a look at the chart on this and, you know, the market cap. I think it's in the 30s total for the two of them for both Hogan and there's Andre next to it, right? So we're, we're, we're looking at a you know card here. I think it was, well, I say look about 33. You'll see it mm -hmm. when you get there, right? About 33 on the mark gap, and it's down. I mean, this is something at 36. So 36.6 for the two of them combined. It's a basket of both of those cards, right? 36.6. Yep. I think when it IPO'd, it was like 110, which you look at this and you're like, wow, it's down so much. 110, that's crazy. You want to tell folks what just the Hogan in BGS 9 sold for in gold in this past week? So for like was 50. Yeah, like almost fifty thousand dollars, I think. Let's take a look. I think it was over gorgeous. 50. It was like fifty-two thousand dollars. Yeah, gorgeous and it, copy. It's the second Hogan that you know card. I think a Cosmo sold for over fifty thousand dollars recently too. So, so if a nine-five, and obviously all nine-fives are not the same. There are min gems. There are true gems. There, are, you know, right. there are gem plus. But if a Hogan itself sold for fifty something thousand dollars, then obviously a basket that has a Hogan and an Andre in both nine five sitting at thirty six thousand six looks like it would move. Now I'm going to tell you this week I wanted to get into this. I wanted to I wanted to buy into this this you know the this basket because I knew the Hogan was selling, and I know that it's been a while since a high grade Hogan has come up for auction, and I knew it was going to sell for a lot. So I put a bunch of my items up for um, you know to sell so I can get some liquidity on the platform. And not a single share sold. So I was not able to get into this. I wish I did because I'm sure Monday morning when people realized that this particular item just sold half of the basket for 50000 plus and the basket sitting at thirty six, I would imagine there's going to be some interest in this Hogan um, and Andre basket. It's one of those you know weird ones that you know doesn't come up for, for sale that often. Um, and um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's, that's the fun stuff on that one. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting item. Can you pull up another one for me? Can you pull up the um, LeBron James Ultimate Collection? Now, this one here happens to be, when we go through our three up, three down, happens to be one card that is in the top three decliners. 
LeBron Ultimate Collection Auto Rookie BGS 9.5, numbered out of 250, was down 31% this week. It was very close to the also 31% down of the Jackie Robinson signed 49 Bowman. But take a look at this one. What's, a, what's the market value on this one now? It's a 9.5 with a 10 auto. Nice card. card. Only 250 uh, rookie auto of LeBron. Six, six, 68,000. 68, okay, so that's at $68,000. It's a BGS 9.5. With About the 10 33% auto. of what it was. It IPO'd at 180,000 cage. Yeah, I mean, it was. it's definitely a high price. It's definitely, you know, in there. Um, a PSA 9, right? So not the same card, right? Not the same card exactly. Um, PSA 9 versus BGS 9.5. You can, you know, draw your own comparison there. But a, BG, a PSA 9 sold this past weekend, uh, September 10th, for $55,200. Okay? $55,200. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because it looks like a BGS 9.5, um, you know, sold in August um for if you look at card ladder for ninety six thousand dollars a bgs nine five with a 10 auto um so that's august 18th so interesting stuff man it really is the difference between a bgs nine five and a psa nine i don't know if that's just this particular card i don't know if it didn't have an auto grade i, I, don't know I think i think we're seeing a bit of a reversal in lebron cards i, I think i think you're gonna start seeing money that was either made or held in these modern quarterbacks start to move towards NBA, and invariably LeBron will be the one of the first three buys. And it, sometimes PSA nine moves first, the BGS nine five moves, but they usually move in tandem eventually. You know, they this, don't move though, perfectly. The PSA nine is really low. dollars. So? Yeah, at fifty fifty five two. I mean, it doesn't have an auto grade, so that's part of it. But let, like by comparison, last year obviously it's tough to compare things to last year. But in March of 2021, a BGS9 with a 10 auto sold for 75000 in March of last year. That's the last sale for that. A BGS95 with a 10 sold like three weeks ago for 96000 This PSA9 sold for fifty-five. I mean, it's, it's, it is, I don't want to call it an outlier, but it's a bit of an outlier. You know, in May of this year, a PSA10 sold for $276,000. That's a lot of money. So... Really, what it comes down to is that nine five. What's the premium on a nine? Is this nine just one that got lost in the shuffle in the September tenth auction? But it's a, it's a sale from this weekend. It's something that people who are holders of this item, this BGS nine five, should know because prior to that sale, the last BGS nine five sold on August eighteenth for ninety six thousand, making this card in the sixties, right, just around seventy, look like a good little deal. bit of a, of, of a good deal. Discount. Let me but, ask you. Yeah, sure. You've been buying LeBron. Mm-hmm. You're not an auto guy, so put that aside. And I mm-hmm. love you, – you You took me to school today with that Magic Johnson side-by-side PSA 10 versus PSA 10 with an auto grade. You could mm-hmm. tell that story. What would you get? Would you wait for the 10 on this? Would you go for a 9 or would you go for a BGS 9.5? Honestly, what I would love for you to do because you're better at this than mm-hmm. I am is take a look at the PSA 9 that sold. It's, it is It is on card ladder. Well, you know, mm-hmm. they just have a regular picture. It's a, you know, it's a golden sale, right? What I would check is – does it look like if you sent it back to PSA, they would grade the auto and would it grade a 10? Because believe it or not, I think that's a big difference on a card like this. All the BGS stuff that we've been talking about. This is, not a, have, this is not a 10 auto. So there you go. It's smudged, it's smudged. You can see it's a little bit white right there. So, so that may be the reason why. Now, remember, guys, not every one of these cards is the same. 
right? So we've talked about this a million times on our show. There's a difference between the headline of the article and the yeah. facts that are actually written in the article. So maybe the reason why this one sold because it doesn't have an auto grade and maybe the reason why it doesn't auto grade is because people realized that it wasn't going to, you know, that it wasn't going to, you know, sell. It wasn't going to actually be a 10 auto, which of course impacts the price. So th- th- that's a couple of comps, you know, from the, uh, you know, from the weekend, the Hogan's an interesting one. I have a question for you. All right. Please. I'm a, ready to a, answer. A fun question, right? Those are my a, two things. A Nike He's not going to actually ask it guys. It is. Here's the question. Statement. So the overall question, then I'll give you two examples. The question is, Yes. Does a similar piece of game used or event used or, you know, I mean, it's golf. What do you call it? You know, what do you, what do you call it? It's an event, yes. right? Chip you shot know, used. If it's a used item for someone. Play it as it lies. Does that impact other used items for that player when there's a headline or is it just usually very item specific? And I'll give two examples. So a Tiger Woods used... 05 Masters and British Open Victories golf bag that he used. He also used it at that year's US Open PGA Championship. It looks like all four. So for $391,000, does that have an impact on the Tiger Woods putter that Collectible has? And likewise, a Kobe game-worn jersey that is uh, 08, 09, Matched to 25 games, including five playoff games, sold for $450,000. Does that impact the other items of game-worn Kobe that are on collectible? I muted. Yes, yes and no. Oh, he muted me. I'm in trouble, guys. Yes and no. Um, (laughs) I love this guy. You're the best, man. You're the best co-host. I think if I've learned anything from having some DM conversations with people who are in the memorabilia space, learning their rules, trying to understand their world, I think the event or the game that something is photo matched to, even though you can't really put a price tag on it, is what moves things more than just the headline of game used or event used or whatever it is, right? Because Tiger won a lot, but invariably, right? some majors hold a little bit more love or passion or feeling than others. Kobe won a lot. He played a lot. But some events have more of a meaning, like his last game jersey, hypothetically, or his 81-point jersey has a little bit of a different vibe. So I would look less at just like kind of headline sales and with game-worn or event-worn or event-game-used or whatever, I would look at what was that event from and was it photo-matched. You're on mute, so you, you're just talking to yourself now. There you go. So, I mean, it's a good analysis. It's a very good analysis. Is that so, a fair analysis? I guess it's very good. I mean, I think the items speak for themselves. The individual items have their own significance. And a, a bag that was used at four majors in the same year has some legitimate, especially right. because one, has some legitimate stuff. Like, you know, let's even give, give a very interesting example or anecdote. Just a few months ago, Jim Ursay bought this belt that was $6 million, Right. The belt was actually not even at the event, but the story behind it, the provenance of the rumble in the jungle and everything that was going on, people remember that, right? People buy on emotion and then justify it with logic. When you buy something, there has to be some emotional connection to it. That belt is an amazing example of the event, I think, is 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 what's more important than the actual game worn, etc. There you go. I mean, I think that's 
probably very, very accurate. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, listen, here's, a, here's another question to lead you down, and we can talk about how these things performed this past week, and then where they go. The performance on court, performance on the field, is it going to translate this week? So, you know, we in our portfolio did buy a Patrick Mahomes card, right? Um, it was not up this week. But a Mahomes 17 Immaculate Platinum Logo RPA numbered one of one was up this week. Um, it, was, it was not in the top three, but it was definitely up about 35% this week. He had a great game. Looks like it, he doesn't miss anyone. Looks like he's going to – it doesn't matter who he's throwing it to. He's not going to miss a beat. And he's going to be there. And he, a potential Super Bowl, you know, favorite, all that fun run stuff. Run your route. Andy Reid will tell you exactly where to run. Mahomes will throw it exactly where you need to, where you need to be, catch the ball and run. We you know overrate funny? wide receivers, although that, Jamar Chase is fantastic. <laughs> you know how uh, Otani is like a two-way player? The Chiefs today, if you watch the game, one of the more impressive things I've seen, their place kicker was injured, Harrison yeah, Butker. smacked and he, it. He hurt himself on, uh, you know, on a kickoff. And their starting safety, his name is Reed, right? He kicked for them. So after they scored their second touchdown, Harrison Butker's ankle was so mashed up that he couldn't come out and kick the ball. So their safety, who was going to stay out there after the kick and did yeah. to play safety, went right. and kicked, and he kicked off so well it went through the uprights. He kicked a field goal. <laughs> I'm going to pee in your Cheerios or in your Cheerios. Cheerios. Yeah. Uh, he then missed the, the field goal after that to the right. He, he, he kicked an extra point. No, He did? So, yeah, he made an extra point. Okay, um, Butker came back and and you know and and was in there, um, you know afterwards and kicked a field goal and I'm sure he'll be fine. But think about that, like think about like roster implications. Like that's a cool thing. Give Andy Reid, give the you know, the coaching staff some credit having a guy like that around. You know, pocket knife type. You know, uh, soccer player. I'm sure. You know, when he was younger. One other one I kind of want to pull out there, just because it's somebody who I uh, he doesn't get any love, but Mike Trout was on a hell of a home run streak. I didn't watch today to see if he continued it. He might not have, but he had five games in a row. What was it? Six games in a row with, with, with a home run. Let's see how many he has. There is a pretty cool card on collectible. The Mike Trout 2011 Finest Super Fractor Auto 1 of 1. Trout didn't play today. PSA authenticated. That's weird. Did he like sit out or they just didn't have a game? That would be weird. Um, he sat out. He sat out. He didn't play. Okay. It, is, it was down 22% this week on fractional while he's in the midst of you know i think setting a franchise record for consecutive games with a home run second in the american league with i think he hit his 34th or 35th home run seven years you know seven years uh, in his career with over 30 home runs um he's just one of those guys that you know you take a season like this for granted especially since he's only played 99 games and maybe it's because he has only played 99 games and everybody else has played 130 maybe it's because you just get used to him not being there because he's always going to have some sort of a nagging injury that we were robbed of the greatness that he could have been but take a look at that card mike trout 2011 yeah i've been meaning to ask you this is probably the good time so i saw an amazing thread and it was like name your like top 10 best baseball players of all time Mm mm-hmm and I learned that Nicky Mantle was actually not that good of a baseball player. He wasn't a top 10. Would you disagree, agree? And what's your list? So where is, where is that list? This was just uh, – here's how I learned. I like to see 
I like to go into like different Facebook groups or different comments of like respect the content creators and see what people are saying. So it's just like <clears> a <throat> Facebook group thread. Okay. So what's, I mean, what I would say is interesting is anybody who puts a top 10 list together that doesn't have mantle is an idiot. But remember, baseball okay. has, has been played for a very, very, very long time. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of players in it with many different eras, many different generations of, of, of players. And uh, was Willie Mays bas- better than Mantle? Even basketball with 75 years. Yes, I would say Willie Mays is, is the best. You could have like your top five is going to be some combination of, of Babe Ruth because of, you know, I'd say he's number one hitting, you know, pitching, you know, as a hitter, a 342 hitter with, you know, a million home runs when no one else hit home runs. As a pitcher, he won almost 100 games and had a 2.2 ERA. Also played right field, played left field. I mean, just an amazing guy. Um, amazing player, baseball player. Mays might be second. You remember, he had, you know, a little bit of time in the Negro Leagues as well. and came up with the Giants in 51. Um, you know, 660 home runs, 1,900 and change RBIs, played center field. Played a real shallow center field at the polo ground. Just oh, might be as great as he was offensively. Might be even better defense. Um, Hank Aaron, he's got to be in there also just because of longevity. Just because Ruth he did it so well Hank for Aaron. so long. Correct. Um, Ty Cobb, which now Ty we're Cobb. talking about somebody who's you know a hundred and something years ago, right? I mean, Cobb played at the turn of the century, right? Played started playing. I think and anybody, anybody right? from um, you know, not when you were born, but when I was born. Anybody from my But we'll era? get we'll get the Ken Griffey Jr. is outside the top ten, but I don't think he makes the top ten. I think he's in the top fifteen. And okay. I'll explain to you why, right? So uh Ted Williams. I and put stay him, with us, guys. Uh, There's a reason uh, for this. Remember, mm-hmm. these this top ten, a lot of these are fungible, right? It depends what you're going for, because you know, Ted Williams having him at number five, the guy never won a championship, but we were robbed of what he could have done. He batted four hundred one season. I think his lifetime average was three forty four, like a crazy batting average. Um, and I think he was the best hitter who ever lived. And that pains me as a Yankee fan to say. Yes, as a hitter, sure. Now, you have Ruth. I put Gehrig right in there. Now, some people could put him, you know, a little higher or whatever. I put him in there. It's sort of like where do you put Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, right? It's, you know, those kind of things. Okay. What, what's he, 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 340 hitter, first baseman, didn't play so long. I mean, played like 15 seasons, which I guess is long enough, but obviously, you know, he he played every game, you know, 2,130 consecutive games. Um, you know, he was in there potentially baseball's best RBI guy. He had 1,995 RBIs, which ranks seventh all time, even though his career was cut short, right? I mean, like real crazy, crazy numbers. Number seven is where I put our Mantle. friend Mickey Mantle, number seven. Okay. Now, obviously, there's some flexibility here. Some people put him above Gehrig, and you'll hear who have eight, nine. I mean, Mantle played for a long time, long time. Very different, um, you know, financial structure then. I mean, they had to work. They had to do their own stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so he played from 51 to 68. And at the end of his career, you know, he wasn't hitting like he was in the beginning. So his, his and he's probably, if he were around today and you could interview him, probably pissed off about this. But his career average fell below 300. He ended up being a 298 hitter, which I'm sure he wow, wasn't thrilled about, that's right? that's annoying. 536 home runs, 1,509 ribbies. What's he known for? He was in the center of the center of baseball. The Yankees ruled the baseball world, and he was the face of the Yankees, right? He had power from both sides of the plate, was a switch hitter, 
right? Allegedly hit a 565-foot home run. Also had speed, that rare combination of just power from both sides and being able to won triple crown in 56, won three MVP awards. He probably should have and could have won a few more. He led the American League nine times in offensive war, nine times. He hit 18 home runs in the World Series alone. 18 World Series home runs. How is that That's possible? Overall, the World Series he played in, which he played a oh, lot. Oh, and all the World yeah. Series. Okay. I was like, Let's see somebody games. break the record of 18 World Series home runs. You got to get there, and then you got to perform when you're there, right? <laughs> My favorite thing about Mantle is he was somebody who you could root for, you know, somebody who answered the questions. They hit home runs. He was known as a home run hitter, and they asked him, hey, do you actually go up there trying to hit home runs? His answer was, sure, every time. Like, of course he wants to hit a home run. That was different for that era. Believe it or not, steroids. Oh, because that was the contact era. That was like get get on base. I put Barry Bonds in the top ten. He's somewhere in the eight. Walter Johnson, for me, as a starting pitcher with 417 wins, gets in the top ten. Stan Musial, who you'll make fun of because you don't even know who that guy is, but all-time great Cardinal who played for 22 or 23 seasons and still batted 331 for his career is an amazing guy. I put, as again, pains me as a Yankee, but I've already got three Yankees in the top ten. Pedro Martinez. It is amazing what, what that guy did, his win-loss record. You know, he won 219 games and only lost 100 with an ERA of under three. He had a 293 ERA. Just an amazing and impressive pitcher. Um, Honus Wagner, I put in there at 12, which he's more than just a card. People don't realize that he he was actually a very good player, a 328 hitter overall. Um, cool nickname, Flying Dutchman. Um, best shortstop who ever lived. Sorry, Derek Jeter, but Honus Wagner was actually the better shortstop. Uh, 13, maybe I put Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, who else? More pitchers. Greg Maddox, maybe at 14. Uh, 15, believe it or not, I'm putting Mike Trout. Okay. So there you go. So, so that, that was amazing. That was Beethoven conducting a symphony. Were you prepared for that question, Gage? No. 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 So the reason I ask. Joe DiMaggio may be in there. The reason I the ask that go ahead, is what even brought Collectible and us together? Well, there was this Babe Ruth, this Baby Ruth sale. I got hungry. I was salivating. Baby right? Ruth. And Cage said, no, no, no. It's not that kind of Baby Ruth sale. <laughs> it's the Baltimore News. It's this really wrinkled, dinky up. It's like a playing <laughs> Wrinkled, <card>. dinky. <laughs> but it sold 1%, all that stuff. Yeah. Guys, you know who's was first on that list or second that hasn't had the run-up that Mantle has? It's Ruth. So I'm sitting here thinking – Guy, the guy is in culture. The great Bambino, the Sultan of SWAT, Babe Ruth. The guy's going nowhere. He's in movies. You know that iconic face. If you're looking for some mantle type of plays, why not look at Ruth, who hasn't run up the same way as Mantle? So just coming in with that framework or logic, maybe, Cage, you could tell me which card. Would you invest in the Gaudi 33 SGC 8, which is at a market cap of 190000 Would you go Baltimore News SGC 3? Which, interestingly, IPO'd for 7 mil, 1% sold, but that card has stayed consistent. It hasn't gone down. It's actually at 8.7 now. And we know when Ezra came on that there were actually private buyers who were interested in that card at oh, yeah. that evaluation. So what would you? where would you play it if you're buying a Babe Ruth card? Well, listen, if you can get a piece of that, the problem, of course, is that it, you know, this is so much retained. But the you know what I love collectible for is being able to buy pieces of items you could never otherwise get. Um, 
both of those routes, the SEC 8, I mean, that's, you know, that's a house in some part of America. Um, and the, um, you know, the Ruth Baltimore News is a house in almost every part of America, right? I mean, $8 million, you know, it's a block in some parts of America. Um, I would probably, I'd probably go with that, the Baltimore News one, because as we start to see headlines of the most expensive cards, you see a, a, a $12.6 million SGC 9.5 mantle. You saw the $5 million PSA 9 mantle. You saw the uh, Honus Wagner 2 and 3 selling for $7 million. You know, everybody tries to one-up everybody else. And, you know, when these things are in private collections, they're in private collections. Yes, this basically is still in a private collection. But at least it's there. People know where it is. They know how to Correct. find it. Like somebody could say, you know what? If that SGC 9.5 mantle is worth 12.6, then this Baltimore News Ruth, which there's you know, a handful of copies of, is worth 18. I'm going to make and an 18 not, offer. Guys, it's not that they might. It's that's what actually a part of the hobby is built on. It's who is bigger, who is stronger, who has a better collection, who is right, who is wrong. That competitive nature, all the way through, it plays at the top too. So when you see a mantle SGC 9.5 sells for... 12.5 million, 12.6 million. The question isn't what mantles are going to move next. What's a cop? Oh, a yep. little baby Ruth bar. <laughs> that would be somewhere I would look at because you look at anybody's list. You could argue like three through 15, but everyone's going to put Ruth in a top three. And if you talk about culture, Ruth's not going anywhere. You, we don't know. Mike and we'll never forget Ruth. So, I listen. I own several Ruth cars. Nothing like what is on the platform. And yeah, I like where you're going with it. I'm going to make fun of you because it's not shiny and it's not gold. It's Babe Ruth and it's ugly and it's old and it's who the hell wants it? But yeah, but he's so cute. He's got these huge little fat cheeks. <laughs> he's so low. He's a big doll. He's a big grown up doll kid fat. I mean, listen. Couple comps on there. Lots of fun. Josh Allen is the one we can use, right? Because the question that I asked was, are we going to see a change? Well, Josh Allen played on Thursday, which meant that people could trade his card on Friday, right? So that's a nice indicator. And Josh Allen, their opening opening night will against the Rams really didn't have any short-term impact on Friday on the 18 gold prism BGS 9.5, which was flat this week. It's already up 8.5% this month. But a PSA 10 sold for 186000 at PWCC last month. You would have to decide, is the premium for a PSA 10 on a gold card out of 10, 186 versus the trading value, the market cap right now of the BGS 9.5 that's on collectible, which is trading at 114000 Is that, is there room for the 9.5 to appreciate and get closer to 186? Maybe they both move up. Is that the real price difference now between a BGS 9.5 and a PSA 10, especially in a gold card where there's 10 of them? But we didn't see much movement on Friday. I don't know that market well enough. It's a weird market. That gold rookie of these quarterbacks, or you could even throw Ja and, and Giannis into that. It's a, it's a difficult market. You need to understand how golds move because there's – they're not – I don't know. I really don't know, Cage. You, you tell me. You've never bought a gold card in your life of a modern player. Ooh, but a nice it, little caveat at the end there. <laughs> Well, you bought Tim Duncan for one tenth, 
one fifteenth of that. So I I don't know. Like, what does that card go? And for? Isaiah Thomas for one hundredth of it. Right. Like, what what is that? What's what's your upside potential? Forget it's Josh Allen or whatever. Like, where where do you expect that card to go? Even if he wins the Super Bowl, we know cards drop after the first Super Bowl. We've already seen that. So like, I don't know what the upside to downside ratio on that is and every single game it's like a potential injury could happen like that's a real life thing so i don't know it feels too much too much downside with a kind of a ceiling on the upside at least short term i love it what team is donovan mitchell on on the Cavs. i think it's going to help garland more than mitchell so so and there's your jump to the the answer of the question i asked i maybe two or three months ago eh, two months ago off-season NBA talked about how Mitchell to the Knicks was rumored and how there is an item of Donovan Mitchell's on collectible platform. And it's a 17 national treasures RPA BGS 95 out of 99 trading at 14,131. And I said, all right, you know what? This might be an item to look at because, you know, if he goes to the Knicks or blah, 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 it was flat this week down 5% in the past month. And it was near some of the recent comps, but then there was a sale on eBay for like $9,000 um, we've been told that eBay announced there were a ton of an increase in search for cards related to Donovan Mitchell, which you'd understand. He's going to a new team. People looking for, for stuff. Sure. Is this card just not one that people want? Is it one that, you know, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks would have been a different story because he was the guy there, whereas opposed to going to a team like Cleveland, they have an Evan Mobley and they have a Darius Garland and Mitchell is just going to be one of three pieces. Whereas here in New York, he would have been the offensive focal point and, you know, could have scored 30 points a game. But what are your thoughts? Well, I first I'd, I would go and this is what I'm actually doing. I'm searching high to low and I'm going to look at the Donovan Mitchell, the one that was sold on eBay to see why it was sold for 9,000. So th- that's the first mm-hmm. thing I do because we're, we're we don't understand comps well enough yet. Comps are a new thing. And be, comps have only come with the transparency of technology. So you go back even five years, nobody really used comps this way. It's a relatively new thing. So I dig into why a comp became a comp. First thing, I'll, I'll share my screen. I'll walk you guys through kind of what I saw. I already saw a poorly taken photo. So right off the back cage, for an, a card of this value, you would expect a nicer photo. That's number one. It's a nice card. Nice subgrades, too. I mean, listen, the two prior to this eBay one sold August 18th for 14.4 and July right. 21st for 14.4. And then this outlier is at nine, which I mean, can't really call it an outlier. In July, one's over 88.88. Um, this is just an interesting one. You know, I mean, I'm a little surprised of the lack of movement on it. That said, part of the it's reason fairly is priced is, is kind of what I and and there you go, and there you go. So I wouldn't say I, it's worth nine. I would just say it's it's someone who's held it for some time. He's like, I want to get out of it. I want to use that money. And sometimes you have sales like that, but I, I think that's a pretty pretty fairly comp card. Listen, here's a fun thing, and I want to make sure everybody understands this. Right, the market cap on collectible is. I used to say share price, everybody will use market cap. I don't want to say it's misleading, but it's slightly misleading. And let me explain what I'm talking about, okay? It's not like we give you a market cap and you can come in and buy that card for that price right now, right? It's undervalued, sure, but that just means that is the valuation of the card based on the last share traded. 
not what you can come in and get it for. And there's probably very few shares available at that market cap, if any, which is why it got scooped up. And I'm going to give you a perfect example of a card that looks like a quote-unquote bargain on collectible, but it's one where you know it doesn't mean the market cap is the, is the value of this card or what you actually buy it for. So the 1980 Tops Ricky Henderson PSA 10 rookie, right? It's a card that... You know, Andrew would say PSA does a very good job of population control, right? That there should be more tens, but that they don't give it more tens. The last sale of this was in April. It was $120,000. Obviously, the market's different than it was in April. This particular card is not one that's, you know, susceptible to market swings the same way, you know, modern players would be. Um, the pop hasn't grown on it at all. It's, you know, it's a rare card of an all time great. This card on collectible is trading at 85,000 88,595. It's a 26% discount over the last comp, down 6.72% this week. And this one on rally that's at $81,000, even less than this. Again, if you were able to click a button and buy shares of this at 88 right now, clearly that's a bargain compared to the last comp, right? Two sides to that equation. One, that last comp, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the card would sell for now if it's sold. But two, you can't buy this card for that price. You can't. Because you could buy certain shares at that price or close to it, depending upon what it opens for and the bids and the acts on Monday. But I just want to make sure everybody, this was something that we just kind of glossed over almost for the first year. Oh, wow, that's a bargain. It's trading at 88. The last sale was 120. Okay, trading at 88 doesn't mean you can buy a lot of that card at that 88 number. I just want to make sure that you know we're, we're clearer on that. And if anybody has any questions on that, I can explain it. Send me a message or reach out to us on Discord. You know, on the collectible Discord, there's a Luca Tiger, um, you know, question and answer. I'm always in there. I can answer any questions that are in there. Or you can come into our Discord. You find me, Cage Lawyer, or I'm Andrew Goldberg, or Luca Tiger LeBron Podcast on Instagram and ask away. You want to do a quick, you know, summary run through of the numbers, the top three increases and, and decliners, and then maybe the IPOs, and then we can let these people get on with their trading day? Sure. Uh, top three gainers is Tiger Woods, full ticket PSA 6 is his first PGA event. Gary Carter, uh, 75 tops, OPC rookie, PSA 10 basket, both up 50%. Mm-hmm. And then the Kobe Bryant, uh, Gabe Warren signed Jordan French blue sneakers up 50%. That Those are on this list all the time. I, I just look, think there's a lot of uh, – I don't think there's a lot of asks, so the price just fluctuates all over the place. Um, Jackie Robinson signed 49 Bowman PSA DNA 8 down 30%. LeBron James Ultimate Cage, you talked about that down 30. And then Acuna, I think people see the writing on the wall with him, at least for this season, but he will be in the playoffs. So his stuff is down 26%. It's a BGS 10 basket times four, four cards in that basket. Yep. I do want to talk about, uh, I do want to talk about Alcaraz, guys. Actually, I want to ask you what you think about Alcaraz. I think you were the first person I ever heard mention him, and anybody who says otherwise and tries to take credit for it, I'm going to fight him. Now everybody's (laughs) going to come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, I was talking about Alcaraz. Oh, here at 137, we wrote an article about him in April. All right, Andrew was on him before that. Well, let's think about it, right? Like, let's talk about their cards, right? Net Pro release. Mm -hmm. It's not ripped. What would you urge people who saw him when the U.S. Open? And want to get into his cards. Wait. 
Okay. There's That's a it. very there's a very limited supply. What would I tell people to do? Go on Instagram, Facebook, wherever wherever you want to go and look, wherever you get your information about cards, and ask people who have collected wrestling cards for a little while what happened when the Prism Wrestling release came out. Okay? People went nuts for it because it was a release that came out with some new guys, some new rookies, some Braun Breaker, and, you know, Gable Stevenson. And the prices were insane because there wasn't a lot of stuff. And then all of a sudden, they started printing more. And there was Select Wrestling. And there was Revolution Wrestling. And the same thing with UFC. And all the people who thought, oh, wow, i got to pay a million bucks here. i got to pay a lot of money for this. More and more stuff came out. Now, I've talked about this phenomenon all the time. UFC cards came out in 09 from Tops, And everything was expensive. And then Tops made another release, another release, another release, another release. And all of a sudden, you were able to get more cards of the guy. And, and Andrew, we've talked about this this week. All that we do, this entire hobby, most asset classes come down to supply and demand. It's the same thing as this. The demand is at a fever pitch because Mr. Alcaraz has just won the U.S. Open at 19 years of age, even though he did not have to go through a very tough gauntlet to get there. It was sort of like Giannis winning the championship. He didn't really have to beat anyone so great on his way there. Mr. Djokovic was not playing. Mr. Federer was not playing. Now... If this kid stays guys, healthy for the next many, ten, 10 years, he's going to be a... Go ahead. How many tennis collectors do you guys know? Tennis card. Like, I, it, it's the supply-demand. You could have, like, a cool comp is uh, Pete Sampras cards because Pete Sampras has a net pro, game-worn patch, auto. So that card of Alcaraz right now just sold for 9000 bucks. Do you know how much the Pete Sampras card is? 900 Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great comp. Because this guy would sign on the dotted line to be Pete Sampras right now to have these offers that Sampras had. I mean, forget about it, 100%. And who knows if he even stays healthy. But here's the flip side to that. What didn't happen with Sampras, that will happen with him. There's a limited supply. 80% of the supply right now are being bought by flippers who do not care to hold that person's card anyway. Right? They're not actual fans. It's fake demand. It's demand to try to sell it to someone else for more money. So that is when you have a real problem. That's what imploded the wrestling prism cards is what imploded a lot of stuff it's what will happen to f1 it already has started happening to f1 it's what's going to happen to all these things it's where a lot of the participants of the f1 so same stuff and, and here's the thing let's so just clear i like flippers i am a flipper i want them to win i really do i just don't want our community to be their exit liquidity it it is on steroids version of the Pujols and Serena, they're at the tail end of their career, but they're getting that last couple of minutes of fame here, and their their demand has gone up. Same thing with Mr. Alcaraz right now. He's not on the tail end of his career, at the very beginning of his career. Very little supply of his stuff, and everybody's going, wow, i got to look if there's an Alcaraz card, right, when you should have been and buying it. he's fantastic. Anything. He's fantastic. Like, let's not confuse that. He's a showman. He, he knows how to work the crowd. He's a generational talent. His grandpa was a player. His dad was a player. Like he's groomed from the youngest age. Cage took a picture with his coach. That guy um, is I like at, the coaches. I'm a I'm big uh, fan of the coaches. The guy's as real as it gets. It's just it's tennis. And and the collector base for tennis cards, even for like a Serena, is very small. So it's just I'm just also good luck, look. guys. August 29th of 2008 was the last time I went to the US Open. And I saw Roger Federer play in an early round, and he won the u.s open that year this year i went to an earlier round i saw carlos alcaraz play in person wow. and he won if i go 
and I watch you play on the main court, you're Forget probably going to win the U.S. Open. It's now I'm two for two. I would be looking at Fed cards, man. Fed cards are like you get PSA tens of for like 50, 60 bucks. Fed is revered if you're looking at tennis. Any final words before we hit it? Final words are IPOs. Mr. Carlton Fisk, iconic, waves at fair ball from the 75 World Series with a market cap of 280. You're still in the exclusive in app early access. There are IPO shares remaining of the 1981 Wayne Gretzky Sports Illustrated newsstand first cover. There's 33% of that remaining. The Jordan 85 Nike Air Jordan 1 dead stock player sample is about three quarters of that left. And the 2017 Tatum Panini Flawless Gold RPA BGS 95 with a 10, a market cap of 56,000, about 32% of that remaining. Those are the uh, little IPO action that's there. Um, and yeah, enjoy. Happy trading. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.